0: Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen.
1: Hello and welcome to the show tonight. I want to start off by saying thank you. Thank you, the listener. We've been doing this show for quite a long time and uh you are the reason why. We're coming to the end of 2022 and okay everybody who's made it so far, raise your hand. Yep, that's right. Here we are. Here we are. Indeed, here we are. We're about to cross into a whole new year, a whole new chapter. So when you meet somebody new do you uh do you stand at the back of the boat metaphorically and point at at waves and 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 turmoil in your life and talk about the struggles of your past when you bump into somebody who doesn't know you and they ask about you? What's the vantage point you share your persona, your perspective from? From the back of the boat, looking at the wake, looking at the past. (laughs) And with all due respect, it's been a bumpy road for a lot of us. It's been some tough stuff. But the The way to drive consciousness, perhaps, is to not look at the past, per se, but imagine to daydream the potential, to daydream the possibilities of what your life can be. And as we cross into 2023, we have an opportunity for that New Year's resolution mindset, that that new beginning mindset. Maybe take some time over the next few days and dream a little dream. Dream a big dream. Dream a fantastic dream. You deserve it. I'm excited for our show tonight because we're going to Ireland. The topic tonight is Angels in My Hair, the true story of a modern-day mystic, and our guest tonight is Lorna Byrne. This show is pre-recorded because it's probably the middle of the flipping night in Ireland right now. You're gonna like this episode. How many times have you gone through struggle and never asked for help? How many times have you um maybe out of habit just went into endurance mode went into you know I'm going to tough it out mode what if we had what if we had some help that was just tagging along the curious thing about angels is their unconditional love I know some of you think that probably your angels go to the angel bar after you go to sleep, and they seem a slightly hungover when you wake up in the morning. You are the reason they drink. No, I'm kidding. That was a joke. Our angels love us unconditionally. Unconditionally. Now, it's not a challenge, but we can't. We can't break that bond with our angels, that they see us with such love and compassion. And tonight, I like the notion of unemployed angels. We're going to get into that in just a bit. Let's get to it. In this interview, Lorna is going to tell us about the physical sight of unseen world of angels, spirits and other spiritual beings that she sees how they guide and teach us every second of every day. She'll also tell us about Sanctuary, her center in Ireland, a place where people of all walks of life and beliefs, including no beliefs, can come together to deepen their connection to the divine, hand in hand with Lorna and through nature. You can find out more information about this at her website l uh, Lorna l o r n a b y r n e l o r n a b y r n e.com I think you can like this interview listen in as I interview Lorna for this episode what a show welcome to the show Lorna
0: i'm I'm delighted now to to be speaking with you long last um, I'm here in Ireland, and it has been very cold and foggy and everything. I don't know what it's like where you are.
1: It'll get uh, uh, below freezing often here.
0: Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm glad I'm not where you are then. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so you've written a book, Angels in My Hair, Um and what I really like about it is it seems like you have full access to this the the idea of angels when did When did you know that you had such a strong connection
0: to angels um i I suppose I have never really asked myself that question in that in that way and um, from I, I will always say from the moment I opened my eyes, I have seen angels. I just didn't know they were angels. They were just part of my family. And I was a slow talker, so I didn't start to talk till I was about two or two and a half. But, you know, when I'd be lying in my cot as an infant, you know, I'd be reaching up to play with them. And it was about maybe when I was two, two and a half, roughly guessing, um i was playing with my brother in front of the fire um with little blocks my dad had made for us and it was when our hands touched it was like as if his hand went into mine or mine went into his and there was just such sparkles in, and and i felt such love and i i burst out laughing <laughs> and it was at that time that the angels told me that they were angels, and I was to keep it a secret, and that my brother was the soul that he had died before I was born, um, and many a times I would have seen him as an infant in my mom's arms, but you, you have to remember I was only a little child myself, so... Um, I was happy to play with my brother at any time and I suppose maybe at that time I didn't quite understand. I just knew he wasn't flesh and blood like my mom and dad and the angels always kept on reminding me to keep it a secret because as I got a bit older I was considered retarded because I am severely dyslexic. So I can't really read and it's, been, it's such an incredible miracle that I have written angels in my hair and other books and I have to thank technology for that. So, so to me, this is it's normal for me to see angels on a daily basis. Um, I don't know what it is, what it's like for you not to in that, in that sense and <laughs> um, i couldn't imagine not seeing them i i see the guardian angel with every human being regardless of their religion or their beliefs or, you know and and that actually fills me with joy because your guardian angel is the gatekeeper of your soul you know that spark of life well and i suppose if, if i ever saw a human being without a guardian angel I think I would be just so shocked
1: when um, when we talk about uh, angels it, every every single person on the planet has at least one angel that follows them through their entire life is that right
0: yes and um, and that is that is your guardian angel there's many other angels as well but your guardian angel is just one angel that never leaves your side for one second. It's constantly with you and um, and it loves you unconditionally and it's always prompting you to help you, to guide you through through your life. But I, I guess so many times, you know, we don't really listen. You know, I always say to people, you know, when you get that feeling it might be in your gut or in your mind. You know, that, that's that's you should make your decision, you know, and go left, but everyone else is telling you, you know, the best decision is to go right, and, you know, then when you do go right, you're kind of saying to yourself, I knew I should have gone left. Anytime that happens in any little way, I always say to people, you should give yourself a pinch and say next time you'll try and listen better.
1: Right. So, um, so, I don't have the privy of seeing, and often, um, a lot of the times, I don't hear my, well, I don't hear my angels flat out. I kind of get a feeling or a vibe. I don't actually hear them going, what the hell are you doing or anything. Um, (laughs) uh, There's there's the notion that um, sometimes our loved ones who pass, like perhaps a, a grandmother or grandfather who pass can turn around and and come into our life as an angel. Is that right?
0: Um, I that is a beautiful thing to say. And I I used to feel kind of a bit embarrassed to say that you know your loved one can't be an angel ever because your loved one is a billion times more than any angel ever could be. You know we put angels on pedestals but the angels have us on pedestals so high up that it's unbelievable and but it's a lovely loving gesture you know and the angels love us when when we say it you know but your loved one you know comes and goes in that sense your loved one has has not died you know it's only the human body that has died Mm -hmm. and your guardian angel calls in, you know, the soul of a loved one, constantly, because you have to remember, you know, someone we loved and cared for, and and we suddenly miss because because they've gone home to heaven. Um. We experienced when they were alive their presence and what would you say their smell and and everything like that. So when your guardian angel calls in a loved one. Most of the time we feel their presence or or something happens, maybe you open a book and a photograph falls out just when you were thinking of them. But always remember the soul of your loved one is there at the very moment you're thinking of them. They're there, I would always say, within that second. And it's important for us all to remember that, you know, your loved one is not dead and they're not dead in the sense. Uh, because of their soul and that spark of light of God you know that that pure love that's inside of us that in a sense where we've kind of locked it up a bit because we say we don't want to get hurt right. but yes we yearn for it so we, we have to in a sense maybe love ourselves a little bit more maybe do something nice for yourself today whether it is sitting down at the fire or drinking a cup of tea or, you know, going for a walk. It's to do something personal for yourself, you know, because you love you so you can love others more. Nice. Um,
1: you know, well, the, there's the idea of free will and that our angels are like metaphorically hands off until we ask them for help I, I've asked my angels many times and like I said I don't I don't know um, I don't have these ongoing dialogues it's it's like I don't talk in a paragraph back and forth with my angels at all I just get these inklings I, I know they're there and They probably go to the angel bar and pound whiskey after I go to sleep because I'm such a difficult kid. But um, um, when, when we're told that we need to ask our angels, can I ask my angel for the rest of my life, for the rest of my life, can you help me do this or that? Or do I have to ask every day? I mean... Um,
0: yeah.
1: How does that work?
0: Um, you don't have to ask every day at all. It's like the first time, and and I, I believe that most people at some stage in their life turned around and asked the guardian Angel, or they might have said, well, who's ever with me? You know, right. and because of different cultures, we call the angels by different names. It's like and once you have asked that once, you know, you don't have to keep on asking because it already knows your difficult your difficulties and it already knows your joys. Um, but yes, you one thing you can do is give out to your guardian angel. I give out to mine all the time, and I give out to God all the time. So, you know, sometimes you can ask your guardian angel. You can say, "Come on, please help me here. Pull out the stops. I'm, you know, I need a little bit of help." And and sometimes. You know, if if we try and, you know, listen to those inklings you're getting, you'll find things become easier for you and, and you don't have to be so, so stressed. And I love the way you say you get those inklings or feelings. That's the way your guardian angel connects with you. But I will ask for your guardian angel to help you to hear it, call your name. Because that's one thing guardian angels do. And even the souls of our loved ones, they will call our name. And millions of people all around the world are already saying, you know, they heard their name being called. Um, So I'll ask that for you if you haven't heard it already.
1: Now, um, when you see angels, are you in physical proximity of their angels
0: or could you see the angels of me now? No, I couldn't see. I can't see your guardian angel, but I know it's right there with you. I don't have to have to doubt that at all. Um, so yes, most of the time, it's very rarely would I see an angel of someone that is on on a TV screen or on Zoom or something like that. That. That to me is just something that happens. Right. It's you know, so rare. Well, now, but your guardian angel is right there with you. I know that. Yeah, and
1: and and I, I trust. I I know that. Um. Um. I probably have an entourage. Um. The. Uh, so if our angels have such a deep uh, insight into who we are there's just really no chance of pulling a prank on them or surprising them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I I would say to you like I always find, you know, the angels help lift my humor if I'm feeling sad or or I'm down about something, you know, something funny would happen or somebody would say something funny, you know, that would make me laugh. Angels do that all of the time they come put a funny thought into your mind to help you to smile or or they can put someone coming and knocking on your door and and be jolly you know because it is very important to to be jolly and to be happy you know we can't be going around miserable all of the time we we have to let what would you say our our soul shine you know we we have to you know have have that peace within us that we resilience, and you know to allow ourselves to see see the hope that's in the world and that's in our lives personally ourselves as well
1: often times when people have a near death experience and they go to the other side temporarily and um, they'll talk about the the notion of um, guilt or shame. And what I mean by that is they'll either connect with their angels or God or whatever and um, have a dialogue. And oftentimes we as humans kind of are really critical of ourselves. We're really... Judgmental of our past, and um, how how do our angels see what our egos might see as big mistakes or unforgivable sins or uh, in our past?
0: Um, I I love the way you you know, put that. You put so many questions into to the one. Um, And I think just to remind you again is that, you know, your guardian angel loves you unconditionally, you know, regardless of what mistakes you make in life. Or even if someone says, you know, that person is is, is a bad person, their guardian angel loves them unconditionally. They never give up on you. And the important thing to remember is, you know, your soul is that spark of light of God. So it cannot be marked. You know, it cannot be stained in any way because that that you can't do. And that creator, God, whatever you may want to call God, loves you unconditionally. And, you know, you might sit down and have a a dialogue, you know. um, But even, what would I say, all all of that is gone. I, I, I don't know where where that has come from because God and the angels have never shown that that to me you know and the other thing maybe I would say to help people is that your loved one has gone straight to heaven and can be right there beside you as well at the same time to help you with the grief and the loss to help you to cope and sometimes that can take years and you know Sometimes I would meet people and they would say, Oh, I had a row with my loved one, you know, before they died. I, I didn't know they were going to die. Um and then that person is carrying that guilt. But they shouldn't have that guilt because their loved one loves them. That that row, what would I say, when the soul go when when a human body dies and the soul leaves and the guardian angel lifts that soul from the human body. Um, anything, any row you ever ha- had, or or anything you might have said negative to to your loved one, that that disappears because your loved one only has love for you. It's like it's like even in the sense of, you know, if one would say, you know, if I die tomorrow. You know, how could God forgive me for what I've done? But God loves you unconditionally. And I think that's one thing people are finding hard to grasp. You're, you are loved unconditionally. You have free will and choice. You know, you can make your choices. But as well, you know if someone is saying that to themselves now while while they're listening to, to your show, saying, you know, oh, I'm a bad person, that they are a bad person or they've done bad things. And remember, you still have that choice to change. You can start to love yourself and show love and compassion for others and, and allow your empathy to grow. I think that is more important than thinking of that when I die, I will sit down and have a a dialogue about everything that has happened in in my human life because God already knows everything that's happening in your human life. So does your guardian angel. Your guardian angel is right there with you and and your soul is that spark of light of God. Um, So God is not going to, what would I say? Maybe I put it this way. God is not going to cut off his arm in the sense which could be your soul left let's say let's put it that way so to help people to understand. Right. Because you know, because the human person wasn't kind one day to somebody or hurt someone, you have to remember there's so many times we are hurt, you know, and and we lash out. You know, I have met many, many people who would say, who have been in places where there's war, where there's huge violence, and they would say, it was done to me, and I went and done the same thing. And it's like suddenly they're realizing how wrong that is, and, and they have often said to me, Lorna, how can you kill revenge? And I would just say to them, you have started already by acknowledging, you know, that you done wrong as well because you were hurt you know your pain and hurt was tearing you apart and, and you lashed out but now you know that there was no need to lash out so it's like every time we feel like lashing out because we have been hurt I always say ask your guardian angel to help you ask God to help you and take a deep breath you know and don't do what has been done to you. Well, you know, show love instead, show compassion, and that's hard for it. I know that is hard for for everyone. But I I just love when I see you know sometimes someone's soul come forward just a little bit, and I do have to smile. And you know, even when a, a person is is dying, it's the guardian angel. That accompanies the soul straight to heaven. And your guardian angel can never be anyone else's guardian angel. So I would say try and not, you know, focus on the negative things. You know, you're loved and I love you. I I wouldn't care what kind of person you are. I would just love you anyway. Well, the...
1: Uh, The next question is not about angels per se, but I ask it to help people understand some of the soul contracts. Sometimes we have a person in our life that is um, uh, a real challenge for us. They, They... they might be um mean, spiteful um, yeah and and really um very, very difficult or very mean, like even imagine uh an abusive household where dad beats a crap out of mom every day how um, a lot of times in our physical form. Um, we can have such disdain and um, anger and even rage towards how we're being treated. How, How do souls, like sometimes the soul contract is to have such a difficult, very, very difficult, painful, challenging relationship, and then when those souls pass, how is that lifetime perceived from the soul level?
0: Um, the only way I can put it is the end of your question. How is that lifetime perceived by the soul level? It's actually, again, love. All of that that it happened to the human being, again, still can't mark the soul. Um, but yet the soul possesses everything that the human being has had gone through in its human life but it changes it it changes it to to comfort to love it's like it's, it's wiped away in that in that sense that the human part no longer feels hurt or feels all all of that pain anymore um, and and I, I know when somebody is going through something like that again you know I would say call on call on your guardian angel, call on God, you know, for help and reach out for help, you know, um, to others. You know, I know there's lots of organisations there that give a great helping hand. But again, when somebody is being abused badly, they are scared and sometimes they are so scared that they are afraid to reach out for help. But you must, because that's what God would want you to do. And I I, I couldn't say that, in a sense, your soul has this contract, you know, so that the human being would suffer um, hugely. The only way I can explain that is that at the moment, our soul and the human being are two, but yet we, we are together. We haven't intertwined as yet. And hopefully we will start soon to intertwine where the body and soul becomes one and where in a sense no one gets sick, you know, or aches and pains, you know, there's there's none of of all of what's going on in the world today, um, there's only peace and love and there is what would I say, you know, a new light within within the world. And again, you know, Again at this time of the year that fail between the supernatural and between heaven and the human being has become just that little bit thinner, you know. So in a sense this is the time of the year someone that is being abused really badly could have extra courage and extra hope, you know, to ask for the help that they need. Um but the soul doesn't have, I've heard that before, and God has never shown me that, you know, a soul has a contract in in that way. It already knows before even conception when it was in heaven with its guardian angel and stood in front of God. It knew of everything of its life, it even knew that, you know, let's say its parents or one of the parents were going to be abusive. but it knew as well why. And the most incredible thing is that that soul still chose to come to to enter that human body, that little egg at the moment of conception. And loved those parents unconditionally, even knowing all of that. Um, but yet knew as well that, you know, there was the free will and the choice. And I, I think that is such a powerful love for us all to kind of try to tap into a bit more, you know, in our own lives, because
1: you're,
0: you're if, in the if you're not, if you're not, what would I say, if you want to hold on to it and you can't step away, you're just tearing yourself apart. Um, and I would love to help everyone in the world. My heart goes out when... And I hear stories like that from people. I had one woman, maybe I'll tell you a little story. Sure. Um, I had been in a prison, had gone to a prison to visit, to talk. And um, I was talking about, you know, loving your parents, you know, even if they have done wrong in that way. And this young woman stood forward and she said, you know, how on earth could I love my parents? They were so cruel to me. Um, she said, look at my arms, all the burn marks on her arms, all the the marks on her legs and her body. She said, no, I hate my parents. And I said to her, no, you don't. I said to her, you love your parents. And she said, "Well, my dad's dead, my mom is still alive and there's no way. She did nothing to help me, she said. And I said to her, But you love your mother. You still love her no matter what she's done." And she just said, I can't even forgive her. And I just left her with those words. I left her with the words that she does love her mom. And, you know, she knew everything about her mom and that she loved her before she was even conceived. And a few years later, I went back to the prison and I don't know whether you called the, the prison officer, officer with that name, but he just turned around to me and said, you're going to see someone, Lorna, that you're not going to recognize. She completely changed. And of course it was was the woman, she was still in, in prison. And um I gave another talk, and just at the end of it, she put her hand up to say something. And I asked her, what what do you want to say? And she just said, "Lorna, I want to let you know I did discover I loved my mother. You know, sometimes horrific things happen and we have so much hate, but she had changed so much. She had forgiven her mom, realizing she had loved her. And I didn't recognize that woman in the prison the second time because she had changed so much, she had become younger looking and everything. And that's the power of love. That's the power of, of our soul. And, you know, the power of our guardian angel, all of it. You know, that that healing is so important for us all. But I know many of us don't heal. But I, I definitely would wish that, that we all could heal of all the traumas that we go through in life. But we must focus on as well the good things. And there's always good things as well in one's life. So at this time of the year, I always say, you know, it gives us all the opportunity to show a little kindness to everyone. Even to that person, say, that you were saying that you can't cope with because, you know, they're so mean, they're so selfish, they they do loads of things on you, you find it so hard to cope with them. I always find, and I have helped people to to do it as well, when there's someone like that in their life, you know, show love, smile, and don't take what they're saying to you personal. Just love them. And they have always come back and told me that person starts to change slowly. Love bounces off us all. You know that life um and I'm probably talking too much on you <laughs> <laughs>
1: well um, um so here in the United States, we have a saying uh, uh getting hit upside the head by the cosmic two by four a two by four is a, a board you'd use to build a house with, and okay. it, it's a metaphorical term that says something very dramatic happens in your life you get in a car wreck you lose your job yeah. so getting hit by the cosmic 2 by 4 the idea is that we're way off our path way off of track for why why we're here we've got off into the weeds way We've our cart has tipped over, so to speak, and and the cosmic two by four comes along to wake us up. Some big dramatic event yeah. in our life to come wake us up. Now, can our guardian angel uh, smack us upside the head with the cosmic two by four, or is is that a soul choice?
0: Um, I would say yes. I would say your Guardian Angel with everyone is always doing that, helping us to to wake up. And in that sense, I would say, yes, again, you know, just stop, take a deep breath and say to yourself, I'm going to get back on the right path, you know, in in that, in that way. So, yes, sometimes things happen like, you know. I, I could be saying, you know, why, why was I born severely dyslexic? Why was I considered retarded? Why, why did I not, you know, I wasn't able to go to school or college or anything like that? Um, I, I could hold that angle inside of me, but I never did. Because one thing the angels always said to me, and that was, they know no better and the angels have been, you know, my best friends, my teachers, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. If, if I didn't keep it a secret, I would have been locked up in a, an institution somewhere. Um, and I'm I'm so glad that I listened even as a child. I know I could see them and I could touch them. I, they're very real, and I think that's just something for us all to remember is that the angels are real, whatever you may call them, and God is real. And and so are you. You're a human being but you're a spiritual being as well. You know, um that that that's what amazes me in in one sense. Like I would have loads of students, you know, college students and all of that and, and they would say, How did you do it? And um, I just did what God asked me to do, even though all my life I was saying, no, that's crazy. I told God, God was crazy, I said that to the angels many a time. But it was one time when Archangel Michael was, you know, pestered me when I was walking home with my young daughter in the pram, at this stage I was married. And he just said, you know, I have a message for it for you. And I just told him to go away. You know, I, I got really annoyed. I was a busy mom. And the message was that, you know, it was getting near time for me to write. And time, in, in God's terms, is different than, than ours. And I remember turning to Archangel Michael and saying to him, I can't even write my name how on earth does God want me to write a book? I thought God was completely crazy. But there we have technology. And and when the day did come when I eventually said yes, they were pestering me all of the time. And, and that was after my husband Joe died. You know, my youngest was only, what was she, two or four? I guess, she was only a baby. And um, when I said yes, then those miracles started to happen. So, if someone feels the cosmos or, you know, something in life has, you know, given them a wake-up call, um, do your best to wake up to it, and and get back on on the road again. Like, again, that's like sometimes I've been in a hospital and somebody has rushed in and I just see their virgin angel with them. And they're fighting to cling on to life. I always remember one young man, you know, he lost a, a leg. It was like part of his arm was gone. You know, he, he had head, head injuries and, and he was fighting to live. And so many times people ask the question, what's the meaning to life? And he, that young man really answered it in the bed, you know, it's life itself. It's to live this human life that you've been given and, and enjoy as much of it. You know, humanly, we are all learning all of the time. But humanly, what we have learned, we're passing on. Like one of the futures I have been shown is where we turn this beautiful planet into like a little glimpse of heaven. We, we renew it again and to me that is incredible and where the intertwining of the body and soul has happened and children don't need a bridge to cross a river they cross the river without a bridge without even touching the water um, there's just so so many things it's like don't don't allow if you can and know you have the strength and ask for the strength you know, not to allow the downs to keep you down. Get back up again because you are incredible. You are wonderful. And there is no one else in the world like you. So whoever you are, get back up again. You can do it.
1: You you mentioned um, archangels. So can you give us a description or, and the difference between an archangel and our guardian angel?
0: Um yes of course. Um your guardian angel is an angel that has come from heaven with you, met you in the sea of souls and knows every it's your best friend. You know there's there's no one else in the world like your guardian angel or or like you. Um but the archangel it's like um archangel Michael. The only way I can describe this is you know if if you had a million soldiers and in the center somewhere you put the general that would be the archangel you would you would spot the archangel um straight away like there's unemployed angels and the thing about angels is that they are light you know they give that human appearance within that light and to me that is sometimes what would you say Um, sometimes it nearly blinds me so I wear sunglasses quite a lot Um, but over time the angels have dimmed that light and especially the guardian angel because the guardian angel its light is different than all of the other angels but archangels are there for us all Um, and that's one thing I love about Archangel Michael or Archangel Gabriel any of them is that they can be with millions of people at the same time and even with me at the same time um, to me that is incredible and I, I don't I can't explain how that happens how they can do that right. but but they are life and, and they change their clothes and um, not like us you know the way we have to take on and off clothing It's like within an instant, their clothing can change. So they they are neither male nor female. But at times, if if we feel that we need our guardian angel to be female, it will give you that feeling that it is female. But it's actually neither. And I, I love that because sometimes when I see someone You know, the guardian angel could be changing every few minutes from male to female for some reason to do with the person it's with, um, which is very, very beautiful. And sometimes the guardian angel will just give the female appearance, and other times the male, but it's neither.
1: Right. Now, in your book, uh, Angels in My Hair, the True Story of a Modern-Day Irish Mystic, you talk about your angels telling you about the man you're going to marry, but they tell you this at a very young age. So if at a young age they tell you you're going to marry this specific person, doesn't that kind of trash the idea of free will?
0: Um, I I love what you're saying now. So the way I the only way I can answer it answer it, and I have to answer truthfully no matter what, um I I know I don't have free will like everyone else. I just know I know that and I, I can't explain how I know that, but I, I do. Um that that happened Angel Elijah when I think I was only about ten and I had gone fishing with my dad and the angels told me, you know, to go on up the river, you know, that I had a very special angel to meet. And being at the age of 10, you know, when I see this absolutely enormous and incredible angel walking across the river, you know, without a bridge, you know, doing the same thing as what I was shown, um, I I got very excited and the first thing I asked this angel, when it came up beside me onto the bank, was, you know, can I do that? And of course he said no, um, but he sat down beside me, um, and and he, he showed me, it was like a veil across the river, or a mist, I don't know what way to, to describe it, you know, appeared, and he showed me the young man I would marry. And... You know, told me we wouldn't grow old together. You know that that he would die at at a young age, and um, that we would have ups and downs in life, and, and we did. Like we were extremely poor, um, and health wise, he had really bad health, and that's what what killed him in the end was, was his health. But I always remember asking Angel Elijah as well. You know, I I laughed and giggled at the idea of falling in love, you know, and even at 10 years of age, I I asked, you know, is he that age now of what I was seeing? And I was told, no, he was only a couple of years older than than myself. So he was only a child then. Um, And I just remember getting so upset as well. And angel Elijah comforted me and it was like as if he you know he put his hand to the back of my head and the only way I can describe it it was like as if he put all he told me to the back of my mind that's the only way I can describe it but then when it did happen um, years later when I was working in the petrol station you know like the riverbank had trees on, on the side, so it was like as if time stood still and I see this young man walking up the road um, and, and seeing the trees. It was like as if, to me, he was walking on the river again, you know, that had appeared over the river. And, you know, I, I said to the secretary, because there was a big, huge window and I was looking out, and... I knew he. I knew this was the young man. I didn't know his name or anything, but I knew he was coming in to look for a job. And I said to the secretary, "You know, I hope he doesn't get the job." You know, because <laughs> I was so excited and so afraid of love as well. I I didn't know what to what to do with this romantic love of of what's going to to happen. But we did fall in love and we did get married and we had children, um, but he, he was always sick so he seldom could work, he, his health was like, he was healthy and strong at the very beginning but then all of a sudden his health started to, to go down and um, slowly and again you spoke of a, a car crash, he was even in a car crash and, and that made even his health worse again. Um, but he was, I i never really saw him in one sense get, get angry in the sense of why did this happen to me in that way of him saying that to himself. You know, he always done his best to, you know, get up and do what he could when he was feeling well. And I thank God, but I was always giving out to God as well and the angels um, for his health being so bad and when I would see him suffering, you know, um, so it was hard, it was hard. And anyone in that situation, it's very hard when you have a loved one that is ill for years and years and you watch them deteriorating. But it's only the human body, his soul wasn't deteriorating in any way. And his guardian angel, what would I say? So many times I would see his guardian angel just wrapped around him.
1: Right. Um, That had to be tough. It was, it was. um, When we think about our angels um, and that we can ask them for help... So often in our mind, we have maybe three, four, five um, major issues in our life. Uh, We're trying to buy a house. We're trying to get, we're sick and we're trying to get better. But angels can help us in uh, so many ways, just many, many, many different ways how, what would you say to our audience as far as how our angels can help us, but how most people don't even think about those ways?
0: Um, well, I suppose to say say to everyone that is listening in, you know, try and not be afraid to ask for that for that help. I I believe you know people have asked already, um, as as a child you know, even as an infant, because when you're an infant, you see the angels. It's just the world tells you they're not real. and um, So it's like, you know, when you're even going looking for a house, you're trying to get the money together. I would say say to a person, you know, just ask for the help there and... You know every thought that comes into their mind to to help them you say get a loan or or what they need to do for the bank or or whatever, but always ask as well for the right house that's for you don't don't in a sense you know what would I say pick a house that may not be right for you it it has to feel right for you, and that that would be the most important thing really um to ask and the angels help us literally with everything you know even with sickness you know like they were helping joe so much with his illness that that he survived so long and that when he was to enjoy he enjoyed really enjoyed so even for someone who is who may have aching bones or or even you know have a, a chronic disease or even one that, you know, will shorten their life. I would again say to them, you know, ask for the help, but ask humanly for help as well. But live life to the fullest. Enjoy the times when you are feeling good. You know, and um, because sometimes we get so caught up in in our illness that we forget to to enjoy you know, the moment of having our loved ones around us or just sitting there, you know, relaxing, even in your pain. But ask for the help. And the angels, the healing angels always help in, you know, easing that pain, filling a person with that calmness, you know, giving them the courage to have, you know, or would I say the courage to to have the strength to cope with it, you know, and and that would be the strength of coping spiritually as well, in that way. And and we don't have to be so afraid of of not asking for help. We should ask for help all the time because I know that. Everything we do, the angels are helping us. There is so many unemployed angels even in the world. And when I was a little child, I saw them and I I gave them the name, the unemployed angels. It's just like God is still pouring them down into the world. You know, and I would say like the bucket walls, they just come tumbling down and just as they reach the earth, they straighten up. So ask for unemployed angels to help you do everything you want to do in life. They're there. And and send them to others. And you don't even have to send an unemployed angel to someone who believes in angels. Just send an unemployed angel to anyone and everyone that you know.
1: Nice. Nice. Well, this next question, I don't even know if it's possible, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, This question is for your guardian angel. Does your guardian angel want to say anything to the audience?
0: Um, That's a question I have never been asked before, um, but I'm not allowed to talk about my guardian angel at all I have never even been allowed people have asked what's my guardian angel's name and I'm not allowed to even share that okay well the message I I will give from angel hoses that is here here with me um and and that is you know they have everyone has to keep hope in their heart and and keep love and you know, that forgiveness of forgiving yourself so so you can forgive others. But don't be doubting. You know, put your... What's that word he's saying? Skepticism. skepticism I don't know if I pronounced it properly. You know, put it to one side and give yourself a chance to believe because you have nothing to lose, only to gain. And... I look forward to meeting all your audience one day. Maybe they will come to Ireland here. I don't know. Um, and I look forward to maybe getting to meet, meet you as well. I, I know that is all in God's hands. But I always say if you put it out there and you ask, it can come about. and And don't be surprised when it does. Just be happy.
1: Well, very nice. Well, an hour can go by pretty fast. Lorna, I want to thank you for being our guest on the show tonight. It's been a pleasure talking to
0: you. Well, it has been a pleasure talking to yourself, and I have to say thank you and goodbye to all of your audience, and and I hope that they have got healing from what we have spoke.
1: We've been talking with Lorna Byrne, about her book angels in my hair the true story of a modern day irish mystic what a nice interview you can uh you can learn more about lorna at lorna com. l-o-r-n-a-b-y r n e dot com what a delightful episode! Put those unemployed angels to work What clean up planet earth. We're coming to the end of the year now. The next show is actually next week, and it's actually next year, and it'll be yours truly. I always do the first show of the year. And 2023 is such a (laughs) – after the last couple of years, 2023 has a lot of potentials, um, unrealized potentials, that our own consciousness can claim and manifest. What an exciting time to be alive. I want to thank you, our listener, It's always a pleasure to bring you episodes like tonight's episode. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Until next time, thanks for listening.
0: This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere.